Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today because God's going to bless you real good. Now we're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. And I would like for us to look at Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse 18. I want you to understand how you tie in with God's plan for your prosperity. Verse 18, and you shall remember the Lord, your God. Well, we don't want to forget that God is the one that lifts us up, that takes care of us, that protects us. We certainly want to acknowledge the Lord in this area. Now, somebody might say, well, pastor Stephen, I'll not forget. But when you're in a very strong place and you're, you're very secure financially, a lot of people, they, they face different temptations then. And one of those temptations is to really not give the Lord credit that is due him for, uh, bringing us into these places and blessing us there. And you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Now we celebrate this truth and we rejoice in God's word and the ability to take the word and, and, you know, release our faith upon these promises of God. But at the same time, we have to look at the, the other remaining part of this verse that really shows you how you come into this uh, deal with God. And you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day that he may establish his covenant. So what God is saying here is that the way that you come into his financial blessings is through the, the platform of a covenant. So I'm standing behind this pulpit. I'm standing on a platform that was built up really strong. Matter of fact, when we uh, purchased this facility some years back, you know, and this is an old building. This building was built in uh, 1877. So I was standing previously on a subfloor that needed to be spruced up a little bit. So we put a brand new uh, uh, platform right here in this area, and everything else is good to go, and it's probably good to go for the next 146 years. Amen. But you you come on a platform that you stand on and that's what launches you into the power to get wealth. What is that platform? It's a covenant. And if you come into covenant agreement with God, then he will work with you to experience this power to get wealth. But he only does it with his people and he only does it on a covenant basis. And so the covenant is not something that you can pray your way into. Although prayer is very important, prayer will affect your finances because you want to be pray, you want to be praying so that you can be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. But prayer alone is not what gets you into it. And there's other we could say spiritual disciplines or spiritual exercises that we could implement for other needs, but they don't really speak to this entrance of how you get into this. Like for example, fasting. Uh, there's a, uh, there's a very powerful, powerful place for fasting, but that again, that's not how you come into this covenant. You come into it by obeying the terms and conditions of the contract. That's what a, con uh, a covenant is. It's just a contract, right? It's an agreement. It's a deal between two people, 
It could be between two parties, okay? But you are coming into a covenant and you're going to work together. And for us, when we come into covenant with God in a financial covenant, then we are willing to commit to do our part. And then we do our part. And then when God sees that, that we really are committed. Now he's obligated to perform his word that he gave concerning that covenant. And trust me, it'll kick in. (laughs) It will, (laughs) but we have to do our part. What is the number one uh, part that God requires for this covenant to be established? It's giving. You have to have a giving heart. And the number one thing that God wants you to give is your tithe. The tithe is 10% of your income. Is God poor? Is God up there thinking, you know, Jesus, we really, we're going to have to think of some kind of financial gimmick because we got a lot of angels on payroll. I know what we'll do. We'll take it from the saints down on the earth. Then we can have some money sent up here to us and we could finally meet budget because we had to stop paving the new streets of gold. But no, no, you know, that's just me being silly. The truth is, is that the tithe is not for God's sake as if he's got to pay bills and he needs some money. No, the tithe is for our benefit. <laughs> it's for us. <laughs> and so that's what brings you into the covenant, which does what now gives you the, the license or the freedom now to work with this power to do what the power to get wealth the power to get wealth. And so that's how you contact it. That's how you come into it. Not, not by begging, not by bawling and squalling, not by looking for another handout. Who can help me? Can you help me over here? No, you don't come into it uh, by receiving. You come into it by giving. That's why Paul in his teachings, he would teach a lot about prosperity. Uh, you know, uh, especially second Corinthians, Two, two entire chapters, eight and nine. And I tell you what, phenomenal teachings, but he got a church out of poverty. And the way that he taught that church how to come out of poverty was through what? Through giving. And they gave, even in their tremendous financial needs, they gave. And then they were able to give more. And then they were able to give more. What's happening? You start to touch the covenant, and the covenant starts to lift you up. Okay. And he shall, and you shall remember the Lord, your God, for it is he who gives you power to get well. Now we've, we have in the church have shouted and celebrated that truth, but you have to know how to come into that truth. Okay. That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. You come into the reality of this through working the terms of the covenant. And it begins by having a giving heart. You know, it's, of course, it's all centered around your love for God, but you, you love the Lord and you give. And so you honor him with the tithe. That's 10% of all of your increase, 10% of what you would earn at your, at your job, at your career, 10%. If an inheritance comes into you or some unexpected financial blessing, and then also just giving offerings as the Holy spirit leads and just walking with God and being a blessing. Amen. And you start coming into it and there's real power. There's real power behind it. All right. So let's work the covenant. Let's bring the tithes into the storehouse of the Lord right now. And those of you that would like to give beyond the tithe, you can certainly do that because we have special projects that we are involved in. Uh, The Pure Gold Television program right now is in over 200 nations 
of the world. And that's because of you. That's because of your giving. <laughs> that's, that enables people all over the world to see these television programs as they're beamed down by satellite. It is a very powerful thing that God is doing. So thank you for helping us with these uh, projects that are based out of your love gifts, your offerings. And you know, I, I'm telling you, I believe that this is going to be the greatest financial year you have ever, ever had yet. It's going to be glorious. Amen. Okay. So let's honor the Lord right now with our giving. For those of you that prefer to mail in your tithes and offerings, you can send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. If you prefer to bring your tithes and offerings in online, and you could do so from anywhere in the world. I, I, I love seeing the, the people give from the, our wonderful state, uh, excuse me, our nation of America, the various states. And I love seeing the tithes as they come in from, uh, whether it's uh, New Zealand, uh, some tithes came in yesterday from New Zealand or Australia or China or those types of places, UK, praise the Lord. That's the blessing of the internet. Amen. So these messages are spiritually feeding you. And this is a spiritual storehouse for you. And many of you also consider this your online church. Amen. Then bring them in online. Praise God. You can go to stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage and it says give it has a red heart on it. You can click that and bring the tithe in right there. You'll see an orange banner that says projects. If you want to give an offering then you can find uh, one of those projects we're working on. Click on what makes your heart happy. So into that. Amen. And those offerings help move us forward. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to the Lord. Mm -mm. I'm thinking of the man, um, um, R.G. Torno, that had the big earth moving equipment. And even today, I think the biggest front loader uh, in the world is, uh, is still developed by his company. Uh, although he, he passed away years back and he's now in heaven, but as the founder and as really as the forefather of, uh, earth moving equipment, you know, you see all these giant, uh, trucks, you know, that are used in mining and all of those things. And what we know is Caterpillar and Bulldozer. He was the forefather of all of that, but he was a tither. And he said, as long as he kept tithing, God kept giving him new ideas. And he had hundreds of patents and inventions. But he also, you know, he started off with his wife and they were tithing. And, you know, that really eventually got ingrained in him because he saw the power of it in the word. But there came a point towards the latter part of his life, he was giving 90% and living on 10. And you might think, well, Pastor Stephen, I'd love to be able to do that. Well, we just start with the initial, you know, instructions of the Lord, bring the tithe into the storehouse and also, you know, give an offering. That's what we want to do. And it could be that you can use your faith as you work these covenant principles that before it's all said and done, you could be giving 70% of your entire income, you know, for the work of the Lord, Amen. <laughs> for the saving of souls, for the building up of God's people all over the world. Amen. Praise God. Tremendous tremendous potentials that we have in Christ. All right. Now let me pray for you as you're giving heavenly father, bless your people with heaven's best. 
we thank you that the windows of heaven are open your blessings are flowing and at and that they are contacting the power to get wealth we thank you that it's flowing we thank you that ideas are flowing blessings are flowing uh, discounts and bargain deals and being at the right uh, right place at the right time all these types of things are happening for your people we just give you praise we thank you father I speak increase over your people I thank you that the power to get wealth is now in their hands we give you praise in Jesus name and we all say today amen Woo! praise God all right let's take our holy Bibles and go over today to the gospel of Luke chapter 5 and today's message of course is teaching but I really feel a, uh, and I feel happy in my heart because it's a good it's a good word that I have to share today but I do feel there's a very strong prophetic twist in it because I really felt when I looked at one verse it, it like it leapt out at me and grabbed me and I, it's it's like the Holy Spirit was sharing with me there are so many that are going to watch today that are going to identify with this verse and what is said. Okay, so I want you to get ready because I do believe God's going to astonish you with what He wants to do in your life this year. Okay, let's pray. Father, as we go into today's message, we ask that your Holy Spirit would move upon our understanding. Let the spirit of wisdom and revelation flow that we may have knowledge of Jesus in a very deep and intimate way, knowledge of his way, his word, and your will for our lives. We just thank you, O God. We thank you. We thank you for the moving of your spirit in Jesus name. And we say, amen. Today we are in Luke chapter five. Let's begin in verse one. Let me grab a drink of uh, some hot tea real quick here. Praise the Lord. Amen. By the way, I like tea. Now, I like coffee. You guys know I, I like coffee, but I also like tea. But I only like white tea. I've seemed to be stuck lately with nothing but black tea. <laughs> if anybody out there watching would like to bless me with some white tea, I can, I can say with great assurance, I will drink it. Praise God. Not just here, you know, but also in my free time. Uh, ho I hope I don't get bombard it with an overload of tea but if God speaks to you in your heart yes that would be a blessing not that I can't go out and order some <laughs> but it seems like I forget to do it or something like that amen praise the Lord all right Luke chapter 5 verse 1 so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God you need to understand that when Jesus was ministering with his ministry that lasted about three and a half years right around that time period we can track uh, what what looks like four Passovers that were right around the ministry of Jesus so we know it was right it was under four years probably right around three and a half years that his ministry ran and it was it was electrifying and he drew the crowds because of the anointing that was upon him. So when it says the multitude pressed about him, this is not like a hundred or two hundred people. This was at times thousands upon thousands of people that are not only wanting to hear what he has to say, but they're waiting for him to minister at the conclusion often of his messages. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to do what? 
to hear the word of God. Well, that brings us back to a basic foundational question. How does faith come? Well, it comes by hearing, but by hearing what? The news reporter. Well, not, not unless that news reporter is preaching the gospel. <laughs> so faith comes by hearing, but it comes by hearing the word of God. Or we could say it like this. Faith comes by hearing God talk. And he talks through the scriptures, through the Holy Spirit, uh, anointing the word. And he, uh, he, he speaks. And that's what builds faith in the hearers. So they're all standing there and they're actually getting their faith built up to receive. They pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. The lake of Gennesaret is the same thing as the sea of Galilee, but Gennesaret was always the name that was like the ancient term of the name of the sea of Galilee. Gennesaret was actually a small territory on the Western border. And Luke is actually the only one in the four gospels that uses that phrase, the Lake of Gennesaret. There is a lot of history at the sea of Galilee um, going back um, for a long time. So a lot of historical puzzles uh, with the archeology span and the land of that area. It's a lot of fun to study and a very, very beautiful place. Verse two, we see here that as the Lord is ministering, now he, it says, and, and saw two boats standing by the lake. All right. So the two boats are pretty much parked, or as we could say, they're anchored, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. So the fishermen have taken the nets and they've got the nets in the water and they're getting uh, any, anything in them that needs to be gotten off, washed off, cleaned off, uh, anything from uh, uh, maybe fish guts or, or leaves or whatever. We know there's no fish residue probably because they didn't catch anything. <laughs> Praise God. But they're cleaning their nets. It's just what they did. So they're, they're in the water cleaning the nets. The boats are right over here. So the fishermen are still pretty close by their boats. Verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats. Wow. Things are about to get really, really interesting. You know, your life is designed by God where you don't always have like epic moments. You're not always on the top of a mountain. Sometimes you need normalcy. Sometimes you want to sit back and eat a snack and drink a drink that makes you happy and just veg out a little bit. Maybe watch something that makes you happy uh, on TV or something like that, or just go out and set a park and watch the ducks swim in the lake. Sometimes you want normalcy. You don't always need to be electrified, but sometimes you do. Woo. Praise the Lord. And things are going to get any, uh, are going to get very interesting because anytime you have this type of personal encounters with the Lord, uh, they are, they are landmark watermark moments in your life. Now we know that Peter is a pro fisherman. He's done it all and seen it all in the area of commercial lake fishing. Nothing really is going to surprise him because this is his career. This is what he's done. And so he is a, f a fisherman, but Jesus wants to do something to give him a prophetic glimpse of what 
the full plan of God's that God has for his life actually is. And it's not just uh, scaling fish and cooking them, nor catching them. No, it's more about the future apostolic ministry and all of the souls that God is going to use him to bring into the kingdom. Jesus wants to give him a little glimpse of the magnitude of what that's going to be. And also later, once his apostolic ministry is established and Jesus has ascended into heaven, this is something that within his heart and his memory, he can look back upon and know that he's destined to touch the lives of many people. And he needs to, of course, to take his calling very seriously. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. So this is Simon's boat. Simon owns the boat and asked him to put out a little from the land. Well, let's think about that just for a moment. He's fished all night. We're going to find this out in just a moment. Of course he's fished all night. He didn't catch anything. He's physically depleted. He's probably been working nine, maybe 10 hours. He's tired. He wants to get out of those wet clothes and he's probably also hungry, wants to go home and, and eat a nice meal that his wife has for him. But suddenly, just when he thinks he can finally put these nets away and be done and go home, and he's also not happy because he didn't catch anything, that means no money. It's like working all day and you didn't get paid for it. And so it's a low moment for him. And the Lord makes here, I wouldn't call it a huge request. But he does make a request that you can feel it. If you were Peter, you could feel it because he's now at a place where he can't go home and he's tired and he didn't catch anything. He's not going to make any money and he just wants to go home and maybe kind of think about what in the world happened and just also get some food and go to bed. But now he can't. And because the Lord's saying, uh, push out a little bit so I can sit down and teach. There's too many people and. And so Peter, he's going to do it, but he probably thought, well, how long can this last? I mean, okay, he's a rabbi, and I've been hearing a lot about him, but I mean, what's he going to do? He's not going to preach all day, maybe, maybe for 30 minutes, maybe for an hour. So this can't last that long. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. But you, you see that this is just not where Peter's at his best. Peter's at a high moment, pocket stuff full of money. Yeah, sure. Come on, use my boat. Yeah, I hear you, the man of the hour. Let's go. He's not like that. He's not like that right now. And maybe you're not like that either right now. Maybe you're at a place like uh, life is very interesting right now. And uh, uh, I want to tell you, the Lord's about to get into your situation. He's about to get into your boat. And so... Peter does it for him. He's going to do it. But mind you, that's a pretty strong request when he is depleted. He's physically tired and mentally he's probably tired. There's a statement in ministry, and I, I think it could work in any career field, but in ministry it goes like this. When fatigue walks in, faith walks out. The moment you get you start really feeling fatigue uh, in ministry. The anointing will start to lift off. Uh, I knew that years back because I I knew that with former President Eisenhower, when he was acting as president, he had a a rule of thumb. He would never make any decisions past three o'clock in the afternoon. 
Why? Well, he's been up since four. You know, he's, he's used to military time and all of that. So he's up. He's running from four o'clock on. So by three o'clock, uh, we're shutting things down. Well, we have some more decisions to make. Well, that's fine. I got a little brain fog right now. I've been doing this for 12 hours. I'm done. And there is a point in, in your life for your own personal health that if you don't honor the Holy Spirit and take care of your body, you can push yourself too hard. And then if you have a breakdown, well, uh, you know, now you've got to stop. When you could have stopped willfully and rested, now you're having a forced stop, and maybe something's been damaged, and that's not what you want. So we want to work with those principles. So he's, he's not maxed out yet, but Peter is bumping up to his threshold of just how much he can take within a day. <laughs> but he's going to do this for the Lord. He's going to be uh, obedient. He's going to, he's going to do the right thing. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And, you know, I'm sure Peter enjoyed the message. I'm sure he could tell, like, wow, this guy is, this is some sharp preaching here. And it's a blessing. Didn't take too much effort. We're not going too far out. Just go a little bit back so we can get get back from the crowd and uh, you know, they can, they can hear me talk and everything. By the way, there is something phenomenal about the Sea of Galilee right there on the edge where it does produce like a natural amphitheater where you don't need a loudspeaker and the, uh, the vocals just will go whoop, right across that water, right up that embankment, and it works really well. So he did some good teaching, and then he's going to stop. And Peter probably thinks, good, I can, that was good. I enjoyed that. But wow, I'm ready to go home and I'm ready to get a hot shower. Verse four, when he, that would be Jesus, had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. <laughs> Woo! And that, that's kind of when he went a little bit like, okay, you, this is, in other words, he's like, Jesus, okay, I, I did the best I could, but wow, you're this, oh, I got I to gotta respond to this. This is like, uh, that's what Peter's exclaiming, basically. This is like Elijah going up to the willow woman, right? Just her and her son. People are dying because of the famine. She's hung on there, just barely. She's down to her last little, uh, last little bit of uh, cornmeal, and uh, she's about done. And he shows up. And says, um, can you get me a little cup of water? She goes, yeah. Now, that was probably really hard to pull that one off. And as she's walking away to get the water, then he drops the big one. He says, um, and uh, bake me a cake, too. <laughs> and that, that one caused a response. <laughs> it usually does. And she said, okay, okay look, we're, I, just before you showed up, I'm just about to eat this. Me and my son are going to bake this, and then we're going to die. Wow. Wow. So th this is these kind of things where, uh, when the Lord, the Lord has a way of coming in right at moments like that, where you are stretched and you are pushed and you know, you've pushed and he knows it, but he makes another demand that's actually beyond what you thought was the ultimate. And you thought the, and you did push on the other one. 
but now he's he he's now he's asking for this and you're like <laughs> wow well okay okay lord again hey i gave you a ride in my boat and took you out here we did all this and uh wow and now you're asking that we're going to go out into the deep and go fishing again and after all of that work i've done okay now so i you have to understand the context and you have to feel the humanity of what's going through peter because it goes through us too. And the Lord has some, because he's God, okay? He has some ability to know when we have those moments when we're kind of like, uh, I haven't had the best of nights, Lord. I don't really want to get into it. And that's when he shows up and he's, now now he's ready. <laughs> and you're like, well, <laughs> hey, why, do, why don't we do this when I've had a really good sleep? Why don't we do this when I've had a really good day? Why don't we do this when uh, something good has come through? But it seems like he, he gives these opportunities when we'd rather him not do it at that time. But he is God and we are not. And we want to not miss these moments. Woo! Praise God. Now watch this. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. Okay, and that's true. He worked hard all night long and caught nothing. That's very probably humiliating because he's a veteran fisherman, but he gets it out there. Okay, we didn't catch anything. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Now, I'm not going to really get into the um, semantics of language here because Jesus said, technically, then this is the way it is in the Greek. Jesus said, let down the nets, and he actually lets down the net. So Jesus says to do something that's plural. He does something that's singular, and that has led some to think perhaps with a supposition idea that maybe he didn't directly obey the Lord like he should have because he's fatigued and tired. And so it's like a half-hearted effort. Um, I actually think he's making a good effort here. I think he is tired. He is human. But I do think there was something that he recognized about the authority and the teaching of Jesus that this guy's words are, they're loaded. And despite my personal heartbreak or despite my personal frustrations, all right, Lord, at your word, I'm going to do this. And uh, that's a lot. That's, that is a commitment. Woo, praise God. And that's something, my friends, that in this same statement, I felt the Holy Spirit shared with me that some of you are in this same boat. Matter of fact, quite a, fi- quite, a, quite a few of you are in this same type of situation where you have pushed yourself. You, with good faith and a clear conscience, have, can, can say, God, I haven't been playing games. I've been serving you. I've been honoring you. I'm not perfect, but I've been living for you, doing the best that I can. But yet, Lord, where is this elusive breakthrough? Lord, where is this thing that I desire for you to do? Maybe, um, maybe you did a fast, and you came off the fast, and there were some blessings that followed that, but you didn't get that that breakthrough that you really wanted. Maybe you gave an offering and you thought that would be the one that broke it through. And it certainly did reach the heart of God. But maybe for some reason you haven't seen yet the increase that you would like. Or maybe you've been praying for someone 
and they have not yet had their heart touched by God in a way where they surrendered their type, their, their life to the Lord. And so maybe you think, well, I've, I've, it's like I've fished all night long. And maybe there's something you really are reaching for. And as you were reaching for that, uh, it went in the, the direction, maybe a job opportunity or something like that. Somebody else got it or something like that. And you think, wow, I filled out 34 job applications and I fished all night long and I still have not yet caught, caught this thing that I know must be here in this water somewhere. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Well, it's often at times like that where you have to dig deeper than you ever have before. If you want to see the Lord's power come into your life in a very personal way where you are astonished by God. And this is your miracle, your miracle. Praise God. But I need to encourage you to push, 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 push. Um, you know, I was talking to a minister, a friend of mine years back, and he's in heaven now, but he shared with me some of the mistakes he made in ministry that, uh, you know, even later in life, he was, he, he still kind of thought about what could, what could have been. One of them was, uh, came, uh, an opportunity came to him where he needed a facility to host a Bible college. And he had students that were willing to come, but he, he was going to need a place to put all of these students. And he went and asked about this uh, one campus that had everything on the campus that would be a dream. Like for him, it'd be like a dream to own this property. He went and inquired about it because he heard that perhaps that, that, that the, 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 uh, the group that owned it might sell it because they were going to maybe relocate somewhere else where well, he went and happened to get a hold uh, of the person that was the uh, head of the board of directors. And the, the man said, that is true. We actually are thinking about moving to a new location. We don't really need this property anymore. Uh, we're looking, you know, to purchase some, something elsewhere. And so we, we've actually been talking about what we're going to do with this property. And so my minister friend at that time in his life told them, he said, well, I, I could really use something like this for the work of the Lord. This is, this is like a dream property for me. And they said, they said, well, let us think about it. And right at that time, while this great potential catch was looming, he went through a very low spot and he shared with me what that was. Some things personally within his own personal life, family life and other stuff. Uh, it just brought him to a very low point. He was very, very discouraged in ministry and it got so discouraging that he, he, uh, he said, I, I just feel like I can't handle things. I need a break. And actually one of his directors on his board who was from Jamaica said, well, look, I'm from Jamaica. Yeah. If you want a break, you want to clear your head, go to Jamaica, <laughs> just go down there and get some warm temperatures and get some palm trees and just relax for about two weeks and, um, and you know, get, get refreshed. So, uh, he did, he did. And he came back, he did feel better, but he also kind of felt like he ran away at a time he shouldn't have. And when he came back and re 
you know, uh, inquired about that property. About a month in all had passed since he had last spoke to that person. And that man said, sir, I took this request back to our directors. We have reviewed your ministry and we want it to actually give you the property. We looked and looked for you for about three weeks. And, uh, after about a month, we had to release it. We actually gave it to somebody else. This was a property valued in the millions and millions of dollars. And they were wanting to give it to him. They were looking for him. God had spoken to them to give it to him at no cost. And this was not a property with rundown buildings, with busted piping and a wore out plumbing. No, this was like pristine. Everything was in turnkey, pristine, beautiful, sparkling condition. And he came back and they told him that. And he knew, he knew he'd missed God. Why? It would have been like Peter saying, Jesus, look, I, look, I, I pushed off from shore a little bit. You did your nice teaching. I'm done. I can't, you, you're asking me now to go out into the deep with you. I can't do it. I'm going to Jamaica. <laughs> I, I just can't do it. Jesus. I can't do it. I've cleaned the nets. Surely you understand. Hmm. Very, very interesting. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let this go into your heart, this statement. If Jesus ever makes a huge request to you, and, 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 it's, and it's something in your life, it might, it might not be huge for somebody else, but it's huge to you. If Jesus ever makes a huge request of you, it's because he actually has a huge blessing that will astonish you that he wants to bring into your life. Probably, probably pretty quick. Probably pretty quick. Mm -mm. Woo! Praise God. Praise God. Well, Peter, Peter did it right. Peter did it right. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Wow. Peter's thinking, well, I don't understand it, but I'm going on this one. Let down the net. You know, you fish at night so the fish cannot see the net coming down because even though fish have a very small brain, they're able to look up in the clear water of the Galilean Sea and they can see the net coming down and they're like, oh, let's swim away from that. So you don't fish in the daytime, you fish at night. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of boats. Um, who was that historian? Josephus, the Jewish historian, very active during the time of uh, chronicling the destruction of the temple at 70 AD. But uh, he, uh, he was very familiar with the Sea of Galilee. And Josephus said that when he was going around the Sea of Galilee, he counted how many boats there were. And one time he counted 253 boats there on the Sea of Galilee. So for Jesus to get into that one boat, that also is the Holy Spirit moving. That's Jesus knowing exactly what he wants to do, knowing exactly that he's getting into the right boat. Mm -mm. And God knows how to get the exact right blessing to you, and he's going to. So out they go. Out they go into the deep. Peter, exhausted, tired, no money, <laughs> worked all night, no money. And going out there with, I would say, kind of like, uh, you know, 
obedience, but probably also puzzled. Lord, why are things the way they are? Why is it that I am a veteran professional fisherman, yet I can't catch anything? What in the world is going on? My friends, sometimes at those low moments that may not make sense, uh, they, the, the, these puzzling situations that don't seem to add up with all of the input compared to the little output that would seem to pop out. That's usually when Jesus comes with these types of things. And they're usually two requests. The first one's pretty big. The second one makes you kind of, you, 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 you comment on it. <laughs> just, just like Peter did. Okay. But that's the one uh, gets you out to the deep and positions you for something that you watch this something that you have never seen in your entire life. Now, what they're about to see, Peter, James, John, Andrew, they are all veteran fishermen, and they're all about to see something they have never seen ever in their lives, ever. Mm -mm. And it's about to happen right in front of their eyes. And you're about, you're about to have, have a miracle too, where something that maybe you heard about, in a distant testimony in a foreign land or in a foreign state or something like that, you're going to have your own miracle testimony. Praise God. You're going to have to give it all to get out there and get positioned. But I believe you'll do it. I believe you'll do it. Amen. Because you know the word of the Lord. Trust me, God knows how to speak to his sheep. The sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And as God talks to you, uh, you'll make another push. And you'll go one more time, and this one is the one that's going to work for you. Can you say amen? Praise God. Now, verse 6, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. Partners? Sounds kind of like to me like a fishing syndicate is going on here. Yes, they're working together in partnership. Now, if you are on the edge of the Sea of Galilee and you're right next to the edge of the water where the embankment goes up on the land, you can stand there and voice vocals travel really, really well. But if you're out on the lake and there's nothing but water, uh, the vocals will only go so far. So their partners were at a distance where they were far enough away they can be seen, where you can motion to them like, you know, come over, but they were so far away that yelling, they were still out of ear distance. That's why they're motioning. Peter and they're motioning, you know, get, like get over here <laughs> because something, something is going on. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. They had never, ever seen anything like this before. God wants to give you a boat sinking overload type blessing. That is just, is something that literally astonishes you. You've never seen it before. Maybe you read about it in a story in the Bible. I mean, they knew about Jonah and stuff like that. Mm -mm. Glory, glory to God. Now watch this. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees saying, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. O Lord. Well, Peter, welcome to the human race. <laughs> uh, just like we all are. But of course, 
the Jews under the Old Testament, they were not what we know as born again. They had a covenant with God, so they were right with God through covenant, but they had not yet had what we call the born again experience. So coming into contact with Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, operating in that power and the miracles and the anointing that was on him and seeing this phenomenal miracle, just too much for him. And of course, you know, you, you, you are aware of everything that's wrong with your life when you're in the presence of the Lord and you, there's certain issues that need to be dealt with. And so he just falls on his knees and says, Lord, you know, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. Oh Lord. And I, I think it's really beautiful what the Lord said. He said, do not be afraid. Mm. He didn't say, yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what, I can see every one of those sins in you right now. No, he didn't do that. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Because Peter wants to serve God. He just he needs help. He needs direction. He needs instruction. He needs teaching. Sure, these guys were, uh, some of them were a little bit rough around the edges. But Jesus, he loves us, and he wants to work with us to get us into the fullness of what he has planned for us. Okay? Verse 9, for he and all who were with him, everybody, were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. To astonish a bunch of fishermen, it's got to be a mega whopper miracle. And that's what it took. You're not going to astonish fishermen with just, you know, you know getting a little uh, uh, fishing net that gets four or five in there. No, it's got to sink boats. <laughs> that's what it was doing. Wow, praise God. So they're blown away. They were astonished. They, they're just like, uh, you know, like, like speech, speechless, like stunned. Can you believe that God wants to do something like this for you? He does. He really wants, he wants to astonish you with his power, his glory, his amazement. And it's not hard for him to do it. But you have to get out there in that deep water with him. A lot of people don't want to, they don't want to get out there because it's like God's asking too much of them. Lord, I, hey, I did that once, and uh, well, I didn't really, you know, blah, 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 blah. Fished all night, this, that, and the other. But the Lord says, let's, 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 I'm with you now. Let's do this. It's going to work this time. So you have to push again. And this is when you get the miracle. Praise the Lord. They were astonished. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So really, we do see the overall plan of what God is doing here, which is to get across to Peter. You are a fisherman, but Jesus is saying, I've got something much bigger for you, much more glorious and greater for you. You're now going to be a fisherman of men. You're going to bring them in. You're going to, just like this miracle load. There's going, to, there's going to be a day in your life. You're going to pull souls just like that into the kingdom. In that type of magnitude, boat sinking magnitude, glory, glory to God. That's the glory. That's God's power coming in. I had a pastor friend of mine that he had revival hit his church and his little bitty church blew up at thousands and thousands of members and it overwhelmed the church, the staff, the elders and deacons, and just so many people were getting saved. They were absolutely, the leadership was absolutely wore out. And so he told me, he's told me that what happened one time is that on a Sunday morning, you know, the crowds were just packed out 
and he and all the leaders were already exhausted from the incredible week of soul winning and stuff like that, that on Sunday morning, he said that he told his elders, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to preach a little message on the communion. And then I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to dismiss because we are, we are all exhausted. So, um, he, he did that. He went out there and taught a little simple message for about 15 minutes on the communion. He said, I'm glad you understand it now. Let us pray. And then, and he prayed and when he lifted up his eyes, about 2000 people had come forward to receive Christ to get saved. <laughs> he was like, oh, oh glory. <laughs> I mean, it was a boat sinking overload, um, type thing. Mm -mm. Glory to God. But that's what we want. Do not be afraid from now on. You will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. That doesn't mean that they just let the fish, you know, lay there in the boat to rot and let flies get all over them. And, you know, just let them decay and leave the nets laying on the shore and just let them rot in the sand. No, they, they shut all of that down. They remember they had partners, so everything's closed down the right way, but they're already like, we're out of this. We're, we're moving on. We're going with him. We are going with Jesus, the anointed one. <laughs> we're all in at this point. Praise the Lord. My friends, I believe God's got a miracle for you. I want to encourage you push one more time, push again, whatever that thing would be that the Holy spirit would say, um, I'm asking you to do this. And it's usually the second big question. Then just go ahead and go with the Lord. Maybe uh, you didn't get enough sleep, but go anyhow. That could be the miracle breakthrough uh, job opportunity you were looking for. You get a call. Maybe they say you need to be there in one hour. Oh, well, I don't have time. I, all I got time is to shave. Well, shave and then get down there, okay? Or do whatever you can, okay? You might not have the best this or that. But that's the moment, that is the glory moment, and you have to learn to go with that. You have to learn to go with that. Mm, 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 mm. By the way, the minister that lost that beautiful facility, uh, he told me that he repented, told the Lord how uh, sorrowful that he was, that he missed that opportunity to meet the Lord out in the deep and to get that harvest. But uh, once he repented, later he caught another blessing where the Lord took him out in the deep again. And the next blessing was that somebody gave him the Maxwell Coffee House. And, you know, before Starbucks existed and things like that, a lot of Americans drank Maxwell House coffee. And there was an original house that that company had that was a very beautiful historic home. Well, they gave it to him. <laughs> so uh, uh, the Lord certainly made up uh, with beautiful ministry properties uh, for him and his ministry. Amen. But my friends, let's catch it at the right time. And then just keep moving forward in the glory. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that as Jesus gets into their boat or gets into their situation and makes some request, I pray that they respond to every request regardless of what variables they are facing that would want to discourage them. I pray, oh God, that they not forget this message from Luke 5, that they not forget that Peter said, nevertheless, at your word, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would seal this in their hearts right now. We, and I thank you that, that I believe for, for quite a few, this, this moment, this moment's coming up pretty soon. And we just give you praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. And amen. Somebody is watching me. You're a businessman, maybe a businesswoman, and you have a business, and you put a lot into it, and you're thinking, wow, I have put a lot into it, but yet I've fished all night and haven't caught anything. Not really seeing the results that I would like to have seen based on the level of input that I've put in. Oftentimes, these things are required where you do pour in. You are required to pour in. You, you want it to, it to succeed. You need to give it everything that you can. But it takes the touch from the Lord for something special to happen. And you're about to get that touch. You're about to get that deep water moment, that boat sinking moment. Praise the Lord. And when it happens, uh, it'll never run dry. Praise God. So, Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you are watching me and you've never met the captain of the high seas, Jesus of Nazareth, the Savior of the world, the, the captain of your destiny, then you can come to know him as your Savior right now. And if you give your life to him, then he will step in and he will be the captain of your destiny. And he'll lead you into what he has for you and lead you away from what the devil had for you. Praise God. Mm -mm. So right now, if that's you. You want to get your life right with God. And you're ready to turn from sin and give your life to the Lord. I want you to pray this prayer. And also, if there's any backslidden Christian watching me and you've gone off into the world, you got all wrapped up in sin, but you realize it's a lie of the devil and it's just empty and means nothing without God. And you're ready to come back. You're like the prodigal son fed up with the pig pen and you're ready to come back. I want you to pray this prayer too. Okay. So all together, all of you that are, that are ready to get your life right with God, pray this, say, Lord Jesus, I completely surrender my life to you. I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask that you wash them all away with your precious blood. Jesus, Write my name in your book of life, and from this day forward, step into my life and lead me and guide me in all that I do. Thank you, Jesus, for helping me. Thank you for turning my situation around. Thank you for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Woo! Shout hallelujah. God has saved your soul. Amen. <laughs> Call somebody and tell somebody that you have given your life to Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. My friends, let's take Holy Communion. I want to encourage you now to grab some grape juice, grab some unleavened bread. Or a little cracker will do. I've got one of these. You can grab one just like that. Or if you don't have one of these, get a little piece of bread or something like that. And let's pray. Because this is your miracle season. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We set it apart as being holy through this prayer. And Father, we thank you that this is the, the body and the blood of our Savior. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you that you work miracles. You work miracles. We thank you, we thank you Father, that every, every fish in that lake was hidden towards that net, mm -mm. obeying, obeying you. Now, Father, we thank you that as we receive the Lord's body, 
We expect you to do great miracles. We expect to meet you out in the deep where miracles happen. We give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. I speak to that parent whose son or daughter is on drugs. They're, go- they're coming back. They're coming back. Hallelujah. They're coming back to Jesus. And if they've never been to him before, they're going to get their life right with God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Miracles. Miracles. Peace and rest in your home and in your life. Everything beautiful. God doing great miracles. Everything as it should be. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus as we receive it. We, we forgive our enemies. Anybody that would lie about us, slander us, or anybody that's done us wrong, we forgive them. And we bless them and we move on in you. We thank you, Father God, for the hedge of protection of the blood of Jesus all around our lives. We thank you, O God, over our children, over our properties. We thank you, Father God, for the blood of Jesus. And we receive it now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Woo! Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. Lift your hands. Lord, we give you praise. Just praise him for a moment. Lord, we give you praise and glory. You're good. You're good. You're good. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is like what the Bible says, referring to the hour of visitation. Praise the Lord. When the Lord gets in your boat or when the Holy Spirit moves in your life on that situation, perhaps with a request, get ready because God's going to bless you. You know, I think about Bishop David Oyedipo in Nigeria years back, years back, maybe, maybe 40 years ago. He was in the living room of his house sitting there. Maybe it was the kitchen. I can't remember what room it was. And God came into the house and the Lord spoke to him. And Bishop Oyedipo said the voice was so clear. God spoke to him and said, that car out there, it's mine. Give it to me. And Bishop Oyedipo had a car. And the Lord wanted that car. Let's, let's stop just for a moment. Does God really need a car? Is the Almighty who created the universe, the earth, star systems, planets, and all of the minerals in the earth from which vehicles are made from. Uh, Does God need a car? Is God making a great demand because he has a need or is God making it a great demand because he sees a great blessing? Bishop Oyedipo said that day, that day upon hearing that from God, the car's gone. The car was gone. Mm. He said the Lord came back and spoke to him. He said, even if you don't want to be rich, it's too late. (laughs) In other words, because you've obeyed me, even if you don't want to be rich, it's too late. Side note, who's the wealthiest pastor in the world? Bishop David Oyedipo. Oh, Pastor Stephen, he's just lucky. (laughs) This doesn't have anything to do with luck. (laughs) These things have to do with our personal obedience 
based on personal encounters with a living God who still talks today. And he's going to be talking to you. Amen. Get ready. Expect to have a great week. Expect to receive those gentle nudges from the Holy Spirit. And sometimes not so gentle. Sometimes the voice of God himself talking. Amen. Remember, it's for your blessing. It's for your good. Hallelujah. Father, I speak blessing over your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.